In Jesus' name we pray. Our Heavenly Father and our God, thank you for your work on earth. For you to come to die and you arose from death. Father Lord, thank you for giving us a testimony. Thank you for making us a people that have hope. Heavenly King, as we remember your resurrection over the power of death today, as we share in your word, Father, may you reveal your mystery unto your chosen ones. Thank you for your victory for us so that we can be victors too. Thank you because you've reminded us again that you are with us, that our heart should not be troubled and we should not be afraid because joy will come in the morning. May this be our portion in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter, everybody. And that's more like it. We thank God because this is yet another Easter day. A day that is very significant in Christendom. A day that victory was obtained for us. Or rather, victory is obtained for us because that victory still remains sure even as we are alive today. Our topic for today, the coming end of all tragedies. This topic is a bit frightening, but it is a topic, a word that is in the affirmative of what is about and sure and must come to pass. There is no way you shrug it off. There will be an end. The Jesus Christ that we are celebrating his resurrection today will surely come again. Whether you like it or not, it is true and will remain true. Whether you are going to rise from the people that are resting or whether you are going to meet him in the sky being alive, he will come to pass. So, as we celebrate, we will be in anticipation of his coming. Let us not be like the servants that their master tarried in coming and they forgot themselves and started doing other things. And when the master came back, he made them very much unprepared. So there is going to be an end, which will be the final bus stop to all tragedies. When I check up the word tragedy, tragedy represents 100% negativity. One Igbo dictionary put it as Ihembu. Tragedy is an event that is disastrous, lamentable. All the negative words you can find in this word, that is what they use to describe tragedy. Great suffering, destruction or distress, situation that is, that is very bad, extreme sad event, calamity, misfortune, dreadful and fatal event. That is what tragedy means. So, 
the tragedy that our God is talking about is that he's going to he's promising us a rest. This world cannot give you peace. It is not possible. There are so many causes, conflict, resolution, name it. But as they are solving one, another problem is coming up. As they are saying peace, peace, the next thing you hear war. As they are saying you will not invade, the next day they invaded. As they are saying nuclear... So it is not just possible. That is the truth. We as Christians, we have faith. And our peace can only come from Jesus Christ. Because Jesus, when he inhabits, the Holy Spirit habits in you, you are oblivious of what is happening in your environment because you are controlled by something that is within and not something outside. That's why as Christians, we don't conform, but rather we transform. In John 14, 27 to 28a, the first part, Jesus Christ told the people listening to him, Peace I live with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled. And do not be afraid. Just as the prophecy goes this morning. You hear me say, I am going away. I am coming back. Jesus Christ is coming back. Time and hour, we don't know. A lot of predictions are going on. I remember the year 2000. A lot of people say Jesus Christ is coming back. Year 2000, sold off their things, anticipating the destruction, end of time. But this is a mystery that our Lord Jesus Christ told us that it is only the Lord that knows this time. Maybe had it been I was working, the wave was so much, maybe I would have sold my things and ate my money and be anticipating Jesus coming. So, what the Lord tells us is to be in anticipation of this coming. Time, hour, should not really bother us. Whatever you may think you are enjoying here on earth, whatever house, car, it pales as in, in comparison with the promise of eternity. There is nothing negative there joy. Even somebody asked me, this gold they are talking about, is it this gold that when you buy one ring gold or something, it will be so? I say God owns everything. So even if it's that gold that will convince you to walk to get to heaven, then walk. But the only thing that gold is everywhere. So you will use gold to entice or show off. Because and Jesus Christ tells if there are so many mansions in my father's house that if there isn't, he will tell us that he is going to prepare it and then still come for us. Still making that statement that he is coming again. Our scripture for today is taken from 1 Corinthians 15, 12 to 20. But I want to read the initial part, which is... 1 Corinthians 1 to 5. Letter of Paul to the Corinthians, his first letter. The main aim of writing this particular letter, especially that part, 
where there were contentions about our faith, whether actually there will be resurrection after that. And that contention still remains today. Some people see it as stable, that when you die, you are gone, and your own is finished. Some, um, do I call it religion, believe that when you die, you come back in another form. So we'll come back as lizard. So we'll come as mosquito. I know everybody hates mosquito. Depending on your performance in this life. Then, so we'll come back in elevated position. I used to, I had the opportunity of uh, operating on one Okada man three times in two years. And I started asking him, are you trying to exhaust your life? Do they promise you that if you do and you die, you come with, maybe you won't be a cardamom in this life. You know, the level of carelessness, and we are exhibiting this level of carelessness as we live now. I read from NIV. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you which you receive on which you have taken your stand by this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word i preach to you otherwise you believe in vain for what i have what i receive i pass on to you as of first importance that jesus christ died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures and that he appeared to Cephas, that's peter and then to the twelve after that okay five so paul was trying to tell them about christ's death that is a fact that is not negotiable is the scripture has made it so and we know that the scripture is infallible. And there were witnesses, not just among his disciples, but outside his disciples. If it's the academician, they will start looking for evidence-based. So this one is evidence-based. It's not something that happened just within a few set of people. It's not just something that is in secrecy. It's something that happened and people saw, plenty of people, even before he went up to be with the Father. And we know that the scripture cannot lie because the scripture is the basis. The Bible is the basis of our faith. We Christian, our manual and everything is the Bible, and we know that the Bible is the word of the Lord. There have been so many attempts to disprove the Bible, so many, but still, it wasn't possible. And even now, they are trying to put in lots of theories. If actually the Bible is an article, it will be the most cited because it is the highest selling book in all generations, even till today that I'm talking to you. Even now that we have soft copies, that one is another story, because now the Bible is having access to places where the hard copy cannot get. 
places where it is a taboo, punishable by death, to be seen with hard copy of the Bible. So, if Paul is referring to the scripture, he's referring to an infallible fact that cannot be faulted in any way. This process was from the onset. The enemy is always using radar to monitor us. When this process was about to happen because it was predicted, everything was done that Jesus Christ will not come and perform this. So many of them from his birth, Herod wanted to kill him. Even when he escaped that one, grew up fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. The devil came to take away the, the testimony he has in Matthew 4, chapter 4. Tempting him by the word that is even in the Bible. But because Jesus Christ knows the scripture very well, he defeated him. The last one was when they were trying to kill him. To stop the process, they did not know they were facilitating the process. My prayer this morning is that any challenge you are having right now will be a testimony to make you shine. It will be something that when you come back and look back, you thank God I passed through this challenge. Even the prophecy confirmed that this morning, that whatever you are passing through, that he is with you. There will be joy in the morning. And there will be joy in the morning indeed in Jesus' name. Even after the death, they did not rest. They sent security men. In this our time, maybe it will have been DSS, it won't be ordinary police, to go and guard the tomb. So that that thing that was predicted will not come to pass. Even when Jesus Christ arose, they will not rest again. They spread fake news. Which even the scriptures say that that fake news was still going around even at the time of writing the gospel of Matthew. Gospel of Jesus Christ as written by Matthew. But it cannot be discredited. Because he appeared to so many people. And he sent the Holy Spirit to us. That's why we are a church built on the Holy Spirit. Powered by the Holy Spirit. Paul um, 15 chapter 15 our scripture for today. That is the resurrection of the dead when there is a debate. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has been raised, our preaching is useless. So is your faith. We don't have a faith and we don't have anything to preach. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. Because we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either.
And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sin. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first truth of those who have fallen asleep. So Christ is our trailblazers. That even if we fall asleep before he come, there is still that promise and that hope of resurrection. If there is no resurrection, as I read a book, that he was comatose, and later the disciples, maybe as the security guard, um, we are spreading, and they took him away. And they mentioned somewhere, they say he went to in India. I read that book and I laughed. I laughed. Because it was really so watery. No references. And no other, maybe, literature to collaborate with that. But you know that story of Jesus Christ sometimes irritates some people. Yes, when you call Jesus Christ, is the resurrection, someone will ask you, an intelligent person like you, you are believing that kind of crap. This is till today. And some of them, people that we are formerly Christians. But because of one event or the other, they are now doubting the fallibility of Jesus Christ being with the Father going to heaven, being the firstborn of the dead, and his promise of coming back. There is no other person. Even the scripture made it very clear. Some people did not see death, so they did not die to resurrect. But everybody, the Bible or anywhere, have acknowledged to have died. They did not resurrect. Even in this life, there are some people that have tried it. As a small child, there is this uh, Jesus of Obunike or something like that, that tried it then. Everywhere was shaking, and I heard that thunder scattered him. Yes, on the third day he rose again. People of my generation above will know this. All these small children of 1980s, they will not know it. <laughs> A lot of people, they've tried. But what is the significance of this resurrection to us? Many of us, we appreciate Jesus Christ. Yes, because he's important to us. He died for us. But we don't want to imbibe his character. That puts us at a certain level of Christianity. That puts us at the level of uh, information, level of knowledge. That's why when wild wind comes, any small breeze, any small ideology, we will just lose it. That's why, that character in him, that's why when he died, he sent the Holy Spirit to help us imbibe that character. 
And the scripture recorded it as fruit of the Spirit. That's Galatians 5, 22. Galatians 5, 22. The fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. One of the characters that Jesus epitomized. Joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. As a Christian, can this be found in you? And not showcasing these characters, not this bearing this fruit of the Spirit, sometimes makes us not to shine. It brings a barrier. Because if I know your antecedents and you tell me Jesus, it will not flow. I've told a story about a woman, I think the conductor marched on him or something like that. After the whole thing, they were begging this woman, begging this woman, after begging her, Next thing she brought Bible and said, Praise the Lord. Nobody listened to her. Because it doesn't flow. It cannot. If you are known to come to work by 9 o'clock and you go and log in 7.30, later you say you are doing departmental prayer, people will just be looking at you. If you are known that any, sleep, any small thing, you flip up and rant Things that will be unheard of. Later you ask, you say you have anger problem. That is your family thing, that is in your family. It doesn't go. We have to know the importance of Christ, talk about Christ, prophesy Christ, but we need to exhibit that his character. This is the thing that when he comes, he will find us faithful doing. That even sometimes that you may not even really be out preaching. But there will be something in you that people will see there is something about this person. Something about this person. And that will draw the person close. That even the word, when it goes forth, it will germinate to bear good fruit. And indirectly, you will be a model. Many of us give our lives to Christ so many times. After the first time, one or two things. Maybe not being followed up, maybe not being well mentored, and we'll lose it. Maybe the person that preached Christ to you, when you look at him, you get disappointed. In as much as the scripture made us to know that you should not look at anybody, that you look unto Christ, who is the author and finisher of our faith. So, brethren, this morning, knowing Christ is not just enough, but imbibing his character. Imbibing his character, living a Christ-like life. Obviously, the people that were recognized as Christian, the Bible did not say whether they were preaching to the people that recognized and identified and named them Christian. But they said what? That they do like Christ. That there is something about Christ that is in them. And we Christians, all of us, are expected 
to showcase that thing. And the scripture said that we should bear these fruits, and these fruits will remain. It will not be like network, one bar today, tomorrow two bar. One day like that, maybe you do set apart, you are fasting, you have full bar. Another day, no network at all. Sometimes flashing. Is that the kind of Christians we are? You are hot today, ginger, tomorrow you are cold. Let me tell you that God is not happy with you. Professing Him is not just good enough. You have to live His life. And what determines this? It depends on your level of work with Christ. At which level are you operating? Some of us operate at the level of knowledge. Yes, faith has come because you've heard the word you believe. And where you operate, you know Christ, you know the scriptures. You know that Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. You know about eternity, but knowing is not good enough. You are still at the, operating at the level of just information. And information that is not used or not well understood is useless. That's why in Acts 8, 26, 29, Ethiopian Enoch, information was there. But he could not even understand. So he would have gone back to Ethiopia, still ignorant. But he's reading the scripture. And the Bible made a lot of good testimonies about him. Are you operating at the level of understanding? At least you know what does this scripture mean. You know that Jesus is coming again. And what does he mean? What is the relevance? At that level you are operating at the level of comprehension. And at the level of comprehension, it is good. Because now you have the knowledge, you know the relevance. But no action. I use the example of the five foolish virgins as recorded in Matthew 25, 1-13. Actually, there are two sets. These people know there is wedding ceremony. At least they understand that it's a night event, that they shouldn't go there just like that. That they need to go with their lamp. Good enough. But they didn't think about if this thing extends, if there is any delay, what happens? Then the third level is at the level of wisdom. And that is where when the scriptures say that you should not be operating at the level of liquid food. You know, some of, I was a story of a nanny. She doesn't know that the madam puts camera. If the madam leaves, so she caught her. And when she comes back, her child is light, very not well fed. So I would say, an adult drinking baby's food. So one of the days she was leaving because she locks her kitchen or where her food is. And brings out food for the young girl. 
So that day, what the Liana Ninke and what the Liana Ninke say, This is for you. And she was like, What? She said, You are drinking my baby's none. I see you doing that. So God wants us to get to the level of wisdom, which is the level of solid food, level of established Christians. The level when, as we are saying today, coming end of all tragedies, you will sink, the message will sink. It will make a meaning to you because it is true. Paul has proven it beyond reasonable doubt. And Christ has said it in so many, so many times, so many places. Even books that are not Bible. Although their purpose of coming back may not be in tandem with our own. But some books say that he came, he died, he resurrected, and will come back again. So at the level of wisdom, when they say Christ is coming back, you know, when you have some people that their father is very harsh, when you hear his son on the gates, everybody will just pack of the TV, arrange the parlor. So when you hear that Christ is coming again, which action are you going to take? Are you going to just be at the level of just having the information? Today is Easter, we are enjoying ourselves. Uh, Christ will come now. It's been long, but we are Christians. We just they do and they go. Or will you be at the level of anticipation? Look out in your life. Is that say that aspect of your life that is not giving glory to God? Is that say that aspect of your life? Is that still that character of Christ that is still not in you? Are you still struggling with one challenge or the other? Are there hidden things? Even if any other person cannot see, but we know God sees. And when Christ comes again, those are the things. That will make you not to have a testimony. So wisdom is all about practical application of the knowledge. The capacity to make due use of them. Wisdom allows us to understand life. Understand life from God's perspective. What God wants you to do. How he wants you to act, even if you are staying in anticipation, some will be fasting, they will be doing praying, they won't go to work. They won't work because they are anticipating Christ's coming. That is laziness. Whatever you do, he says you will bless the work of our hand, and that is where you are going to showcase Christ. Weekdays, from morning to Friday, you are somewhere saying that you are praying. I don't know, but what I read in the scripture, it is wrong. Very wrong. Your life should not cease. Even when you are fasting, people should not know. So you shouldn't stay and be idle and not doing anything and say, you have to even be more effective when you interact better and when you have your marketplace where you showcase Christ. The scripture calls them doers of the word and not just hearers. The five wise virgins, they went for a wedding feast. They went with lantern at the level of understanding, at the level of wisdom. 
they went with extra oil, know that there may be eventuality. Not just knowing the risen Christ. Then we have another pitiable people. If we check our scriptures in 1 Corinthians 1.18. These are the people the scripture says. That the message of cross is foolishness. And the word used there is those. Why did the scripture use those? These people should not be found among us. To those who are perishing, but to us, I mean us, if actually all of us here are us, but to us who are being saved, it is power of God. The children of this world are waiting for the manifestations of sons of God. They know that there is something we have to offer the world. And when we are not offering this thing, it is so sad. When we come, we pray, we shout, you do this, carry Bible. But you are not manifesting it. It's really sad and it makes God sad. The children of Issachar, have you asked yourself, they are wiser than the others. Why? Because they have, there is something they are doing that all of them have the same information and understanding. But there is that extra thing they are doing that sets them apart from others. So we as Christians will be people set apart. Because the mysteries of this world, things that we are hidden before now and have been laid bare and made known to us. We should not just operate at the level of knowledge or understanding. We should be at the level of action. We should be at the level of being the head, not the tail. We should be at the hem, moving, and others will follow us. Showing others the way, how things should be done, and how things are supposed to be. So, what is Christ asking us this morning? It is not a much, but I want a close walk with you. A closer walk with you. Yes, this has passed the level of knowing Christ. Because what? You cannot walk with somebody you've not agreed with. You walk with somebody you know. Somebody that at least you know you can walk with him. With the security situation now, maybe if you walk with someone what you don't know, he may take you to kidnappers or something. But he said, come and walk with me. Let's open our scriptures to Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Jesus Christ said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, that have loads, that are tired, that are worn out, I will give you rest. There is rest only in Jesus. There is no tragedy in Jesus. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your soul, because of what my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
So our Lord Jesus Christ is sounding it out again this morning. This day that we are commemorating his resurrection from death, that we remember the victory he has given us, the salvation that he has obtained for us. Still asking you, come, I want a close work with you. At what level of work are you with Christ? It's for you to assess yourself. Are you even an outsider? Where things of Christ are still foolishness to you? My brother, your situation is not wonderful, but Christ has made it that there is still hope for all who turn to him. I want us this morning to search ourselves, search our hearts, not being in the church for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Not just being born again, yes, but you've not gotten to the level of wisdom. Level where you know your knowledge and understanding will put into action. That God will be glorified. Do you have Christ as your Lord and personal Savior? Because this is the first part before you start this work. Is there any of us here that want to give himself the best gift you can give on an Easter day? Easter is celebration of Jesus Christ's death. Is this Saint Jesus Christ that I'm asking you this morning to accept as your Lord and personal Savior? He said, if you're weary... If you are heavy laden, come, I will give you rest. Who doesn't like rest? Let us pray. Precious Father, we give you thanks and praise that you have overcome death. We give you thanks and praise that as Jesus has risen again, we too will live a new life. Let that power of his resurrection Bring an end to every tragedy of iniquity, disobedience, and gloom in our lives. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Let the light coming from his resurrection shine through our lives in every area where you place us. Bring in the character of Jesus. Bring in the message of Jesus. Bring in the power and dominion of Christ to all around us and in all things. We bless you, Most High God. In Jesus' name we pray.